This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals just like you, where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. I am joined in studio today by the lovely Allison Traeger. Hello, Allison. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Now, Allison is not a fearless agent coaching student yet. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Ramon? Fingers crossed. Yeah, we're keeping our fingers crossed. Anything could happen. So, uh, But she is a real estate agent. Indeed. And that's how you end up being a victim, I mean, volunteer on the Fearless Agent podcast. So, um, now, uh, we always start with the headlines of the day. Do you, did you remember the headlines of the day, uh, Ramon? I do, and I have uh, the prerequisite sound effects. Oh, you Here have sound go. effects for the, for the headline of the day? Okay, here we go. The Russian Navy. Did you know that the Russians had a Navy? I did not. Yeah. So the Russian Navy, well, they like to drink, so they said we might as well have a Navy, right? Isn't that a drunken <laughs> sailor thing? So the Russian Navy has a new weapon that makes their target hallucinate and vomit. Oh, my gosh. They've weaponized the Kardashians. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. That's that how it we for do today? It. Well, I could do one. Well, no, I'll save nah. it. We have another episode. We'll do it. So, uh, welcome, Allison. How are you today? Doing great. How about yourself? Now, I am. I'm fantastic as always because it's easier that way. Now, I know you from uh, around the town, and uh, you mentioned that you were a realtor. And so I begged you to be on the podcast, and you said yes, grac- graciously. So, thank you for that. You're welcome. So if you're a realtor, you probably have all kinds of questions about how do I make more money? How do I do this? How do I do that? So we'll just start with any questions you have. And let's just – to build you up, you you lived in Las Vegas. Yes. Yeah. What was that like? Um, I'm glad I'm back in Arizona. You were a realtor <laughs> I was a realtor for four years in Vegas. It did really well, but I – I missed Arizona for now, sure. I've done, I was doing a speaking gig in Vegas one time. Ramon, you'll love this story. I was doing a speaking gig in Vegas and uh, it was in uh, a casino. And I can't remember the name, the name of that place. It was kind of cheesy, the casino. I think it was the New Orleans or oh, yeah. something. You know where that is? So then uh, they have a pizza shop inside the casino. So I go outside to just to take a break and walk around. There's this homeless guy and he's sitting on the curb and the guy is actually eating napkins. Mm, yummy. Yeah. So I, I went inside and I bought him a slice of pizza. I came out. I handed him the slice of pizza. He says, God bless you. He had literally had tears in his eyes. And then he took a bite of the napkins and wiped his mouth with the pizza. But I don't know. I, that's all <laughs> I know. You know. That's the way it goes. And it's Vegas stuff, right? So uh, you were a realtor in Vegas. How did that go? That went pretty well. Um, I started a little slow, but um, I actually had a lot of sales. I really enjoy um, being a realtor. Um, yeah, there's a lot of realtors in He's Vegas. So. Oh, yeah. So 
Yeah. I was, you know, I went to cash a check in Vegas and they said, can I see your real estate license? <laughs> I said, don't you want my uh, driver's license? They go, well, not everybody has one of those. <laughs> so there's that. That's terrible intro. That's how we do it here. You, she's she's disgusted by the jokes already. Nothing wrong with that. You try to lighten it up with the levity, but I try to. But you know, no, I can handle it. Appreciates it. <laughs> so Allison's tough. She can take the joke. So then now you're here in Arizona, and you're starting over, kind of from scratch. Yeah, um, don't really have the contacts. My sphere of influence um, is different here. Um, I Mine did, is too, but that's another story. <laughs> I grew up here though, so I've had a lot of people that I can add to that. Um, but you went to have, the same high school as my wife. Oh, really? And college. Arcadia High mm-hmm. um, and ASU. Um, this place has changed. I left after college. Um, and coming back, it's like the neighborhoods are different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just keeps expanding, expanding. So I'm still trying to get the lay of the land. So what questions do you have? Okay, well, I've got a bunch of... She wrote them down. <laughs> a variety. That's always good. It is good to write them down. But I'm going to enjoy coffee, Ramon, while she asks the first question. Michael, so I won't of, have to play the sound effect of your, for your coffee drinking. She can actually utilize oh, the time. Do you I, know what kind of coffee we always do here? Oh, I know. Well, well you know what? Here it is. Then. <laughs> oh, Thank you, Ramon. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> We're way over budget on the sound effects. Okay, I want the drum roll for my first question. There we go. <laughs> it's a bit long. Hi. Okay, so question number one. Um, what do you suggest about branding yourself? What makes um, – do you want to do that as important to have a brand? I'm going to say no. Okay. But um, if you're going to brand yourself, you work for a real estate company, but you are the brand – Allison Traeger is the brand. Now, that's a good – do you own AllisonTrager.com? Um, I did in Vegas. I need it. I haven't done it here yet. Um, well, if you own it, you own it. Oh, you know what? <laughs> is Vegas, is that the same internet that they have I, here? I don't own it. I was, I was thinking of <laughs> – the exact same internet we do, it's I think, don't one. they? So if you own AllisonTrager.com, which I'm sure is available. I'm sure it is. Yeah. So that's that's important. And then uh, your email should be Allison at AllisonTrager.com. And then when you click on – when somebody clicks on AllisonTrager.com, it should take you to uh, – at a minimum, it would be a web page. And maybe at a maximum, it would be a web page. So that's important is where that – where that's going to go. But you don't want people going to that. You want people to pick up the phone and call you. So right. the web purpose of the website is to get people to call you. And uh, the purpose of any interaction you have would be to have people call you. So if you're going to do marketing uh, in print, you would want to have giant picture of Allison and uh, uh, then call me and don't have email Okay. On that, you don't want them emailing you. You don't want them texting you. You want the word call. So, yeah, and I always pick up. So <laughs> that's good. And then, uh, what you say when they pick up is important. Don't say for a quicker response, text me. Right. So don't make your client become your assistant. So just say, I will call you right back as soon as I'm finished with my current appointment or something like that. But the branding, if you're going to do, um, you know, it's good that you have an unusual name. She's she's handing me a card. It's too bad we don't have video. 
it's actually great that we don't have video because I don't have to get dressed up. <laughs> but uh, but that's you know it, it's good that you have an unusual name. I have an unusual name that nobody can pronounce or spell, but it has it is helpful because you know they would be more likely to remember it. So how did you how did you market yourself in Vegas? What did you do there for marketing? Well, I was part of a team, which I know you don't recommend. Um, and I just really uh, would get the leads from the guys. And then I would it, – it was very – things were handed to me. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a challenge. But what I'm, were those leads? Um, they came in through Boomtown, people inquiring about properties or wanting to list their homes. OK. So what percentage of the uh, leads led to listings versus – Buyers. It turned out most of them were buyers. Yeah. Um, another thing that I did was I held, uh, you know, open houses and. Right. That's the way to get good buyer leads. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody wanted to do buyers only, I would say you want to have an open house system for that and not buy leads. Right. Um, door knocking too. Like if I'm having an open house, like. Um, leading up to the open house, kind of inviting them for like a little pre-party. Um, By the way, Ramon, she told me she had a stalker and she was on the Dr. Oz show. <laughs> is that right? This is what happens before the show starts. True story. So she is not, this is not her first brush with celebrity. <laughs> I understand. Well, you Evidently, must... Dr. Oz is a bigger deal than I am. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what were we talking about? A stalker. Stalker, yeah. Who well, used to call my company too. And, and, oh, really? Oh, yeah. He was. Oh, and he did go to jail. Yeah. He did. And he was a Vegas guy? No, he lived well, here. Well, that was here. He lived here. I was living – he started when I was living in Seattle. And oh then goodness. I moved to Las Vegas and it continued. He stalked you in Seattle from here? Yes. That's a lot of work. It was a Wouldn't daily thing, kind of like four or five times a and day. And he went to jail? Yes. Okay. So, give, so what advice would you give a woman realtor – Who's listening now? Because we don't get many of these stalker stories. What advice would you give? Well, that's funny because that leads me to the next question. No, I'm going to drink more coffee while she gives advice. <laughs> um, my question to you would be: What uh, safety precautions um, that do you need to take as a realtor, as a woman, um, or even a man? Two words: thirty-eight special. Yeah, I, people tell me that all Pack the time. And heat. <laughs> I love that group. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but also. You know, meeting in person at an office or in a public place and wanting to see their ID, it's important. Um, take a picture of their ID and always let someone know where you're going. And it seems like a hassle, but it's yeah. worth it. I, I think that uh, if you were showing a house, uh, like let's say the house was vacant, which means n- not unfurnished necessarily, but seller's not there, then I would open up the house – and let them go in and you just stay outside. I've actually had a bad situation in Las Vegas. I was showing a home and um, the guy was a little bizarre and he kept getting in between me and the door. I always try mm-hmm. to stay like near the closest exit and I'm not paranoid or anything. But, you know, it's Although just a, it does sound like she is. Well, you know, you, know <laughs> you have to be careful. Um, so I felt uncomfortable and I just, you know, stayed outside. Trust your instincts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that's good advice. There was a guy by the name of uh, Gavin something. He wrote a book called The Gift. Do you, re- you ever hear that, Ramon? No, it's a I long time ago. Yeah, and it was about how people will get into an elevator with a creepy looking stranger, like a woman will get into an elevator with a creepy stranger, and then the doors shut. And the reason they don't get out is because they don't want to offend the person. But every 
bit of common sense would tell you, don't go into the elevator with the creepy guy. Surprisingly, a lot of women leave the elevator as soon as I walk <laughs> in. I don't know why that is. Well, but... that's, it's, it's your look. Let me just say that. But um, uh, and oddly, I'm, I'm eager to get in elevators with creepy women. I don't know why that is. That's, that's just me. So uh, you know, that's how we do it. So when, you, when you're in Vegas, uh, what was the – well, let's talk about here. Okay. So um, for those of you tuning in, if you want to guess what your average – if you're new – or starting new in a new town like Allison is, um, try to guess what the price of the go- on the good side of town, like Phoenix has the hood side of town, which tends to be the west side, and the good side of town, which tends to be the east. North tends to be better than south. Uh, Vegas is no different. And every town has that. So on the good side of town, the 1960 house uh, neighborhood that's three-bedroom, two-bath, uh, in very average condition on a little normal size lot, I think probably in our town that would be about $300,000. So I would say that you're accidentally always going to sell the most of what they built the most of for you to sell. And that really is it. So though that house I described built in the 60s, you know, late 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, that kind of thing. So Probably here your average sales price is going to be three hundred. I had a calculator here. Oh, wait, don't you love it when I do math on the air? Most exciting part of the Nothing podcast. Like I've seen the crowd on radio. That's how we do it. You're supposed to fill in with some uh, funny banter while well, I'm, I'm saving you. up to buy the cricket sound effect for later. <laughs> so we'll do. We that. don't have that kind of money. Come I'm on. saving up. I'm saving up. Holy mackerel! Well, my office is in North Scottsdale, so the, oh, ho- the she's house fancy. Yeah, super fancy. Um, but so luckily for me, my first house I sold. You know, we've got a quite a different price point. What was it? Um, like eight hundred thousand. What was it though? Eight hundred thousand. No, what was the house? Oh, the house. It Describe was it. Um, beautiful. Um, Sell it to me. Four just... bedrooms, uh, marble throughout, brand new kitchen, <laughs> pool, backyard. But wait, there's more. And like citrus trees, everything. A slide. There was like a built-in rock slide to the pool. Okay. Was Hugh Hefner there by any chance? <laughs> In the cove. So uh, let's let's do this. If you were to if you were to sell, because here's what happens: you sell an eight hundred thousand, and you're and you're. I want to be. I want to predict your income if I coached you. That's okay. what I like let's to do. Let's do that. So let, write down three hundred thousand is your average sales price. So those of you tuning in, write down what you think that house that I described would sell for. So here we'll do three hundred thousand. And when you're a fearless agent, you're able to walk into the stranger listing appointment, meaning not referred to you or not uh, a previous client, and get the listing no one else can get. You would be able to get it at 7% and keep 4 So 4% is $12,000. And my goal, if I coach you, our little goal together, you and me, would agree that you're going to do 40 listings in your next 12 months. And that would be $480,000 gross closed commissions. And then after the write-offs and the split and all the, you know, you'd buy a much nicer car and write that off and all that kind of crap. Are you making fun of my car? Uh, I have not seen your, I have seen your car. (laughs) So like I said, you're going to be buying a much nicer car. What kind of car do you drive? A Mercedes. Now we're going to make fun of it. Okay. (laughs) So $240,000 net taxable income. So that would be our goal. 
sounds like a plan. <laughs> How many agents? We're not going to mention the name of your company, but what what is the agent count in your location of your brand? I think there's about well in the office about 40 and then there's no telling how many other ones. Our other goal would that you would be the number one earning agent in your location in the next 12 months. Which would be much easier to do than you would ever think. Um question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh more coffee. <laughs> well, um joining like a a recognized name, you know, like Remax or Berkshire Hathaway, um all Keller Williams. Um, there's a lot of different commission splits, and I'm constantly getting phone calls. People trying to recruit me to go to mm-hmm. a smaller office. Stay with where a, you are. Yeah, no name brand. So branding with the not because of that, but the split doesn't matter because when you're charging seven percent and keeping four, right. you're earning thirty percent to fifty percent more on every deal wow. than your competitors. So you can just stay where you are. Okay, good to know. Yeah. So. Uh, in the words of my mentor, Floyd Wickman, he would say, well, the split ain't the problem we've been having with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm not selling enough. But if you're, if you're making two hundred and forty grand a year, you know, really, really successful agents, they don't ever care about the split. It's only the people who are rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic generally. <laughs> the other thing that's good about a traditional split company is they will back you up when you have a problem. Right. So I always, you know, I coach owners of real estate companies how to recruit producing agents. And uh, the owners will say, well, what do, what do I offer the agent? I say, well, the owner's job is to unclog the toilet, unjam the copy machine, stay the heck out of my way when I'm selling real estate, and take my side in every argument, even if I committed murder. Remember yeah. the 38 special? Remember we talked That's about right. that? Yeah. So, <laughs> That's And they'll do that if they're making money off you and, and they'll throw you under the bus just to get rid of the problem if they're not. So. Yeah, I had a great experience um, with the larger companies. So uh, the, and my, my, my broker came to me one day and he said, you know, Bob, I make more money off of you than I do any other agent. And I said, yeah, I, I want it to be that way. And he, I, he goes, why is that? I said, because Some, someday I'm going to have a problem with an another agent and it will be your job to rub them out. <laughs> and he was Italian and that day did happen. So it <laughs> works out. So what other questions do you have? Um, so say you have a listing and – you know, 40 of them. OK. So you've got 40 mm-hmm. but you have this particular listing and it's a higher end home. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of marketing would you – Do you rub- have that now? Um, no, not okay. right now. Well, Ideally. But so I'm, my question would be are you marketing um, like – nationally or no because here's here's the law of supply and demand will never let you down okay so there is a uh the law of supply and demand is like the law of gravity there is no chance you're going to jump off a roof and fall up (laughs) so when you want a house to sell for more than it's worth you have to dramatically increase the number of offers and if you dramatically increase the number of offers, the price will never go down. It will always go up. So you, there's no way that you could do that outside of the MLS. Right. It is not possible. So the MLS is this remarkable thing that really exists only in real estate when you think about it. If, if I wanted to buy a car in this town and go to one website and find every car for sale, I could. there's nowhere to go. Literally every house 
in a given price range with these given features are available to me at one website, and it isn't Zillow, it's the MLS. So real buyers with real money have realtors, and you don't need to advertise outside of the MLS. So if you were going to advertise outside of the MLS, uh, you could do you know, uh, any number of things, but you could do slick page advertising or web advertising or radio or TV or um, any, anything like that is to get buyers that can't afford that house or wouldn't afford that house and sell them other houses. Right. Like bring your computer with you and you can even show them if it's low enough. At the it would be house. like if I'm holding an open house, my goal isn't to sell that house right. because if that's my listing – 100% of my listing sold. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. But I, I want to get buyers that can afford one half a mile south of there and take them to get their favorite house, which is zero chance it would be that one. So advertising, I think, is sold to agents by charlatans generally. Right. None of it works. But the MLS works. Right. It's an amazing, powerful tool. And it is either going to guarantee you that the world's best buyer who's going to pay you more for that house than anybody else ever would knows it's for sale, comes and sees it, falls in love, and grossly overpays. <laughs> or it's going to guarantee you that it will be invisible to that buyer and the top 100 buyers. So that's how powerful it is. So screwing around with other advertising when you haven't figured out the MLS right. it would be crazy. So that's – it's important. Um, I guess here's another question. Let's do a shameless plug. Okay, go. So if any of the stuff we talk about here with Allison makes sense to you and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you're open to the idea of having some help, if you would like to learn more, you can call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That's my cell phone. On the way over here, a guy called. You heard me talking to him. Yep. And um, nice guy. So if we'll just see if what you're doing and what we do at Fearless Agent, if it would be a good fit for you. If it is a good fit, you will get rich. And if it's not, I'll still be happy to help you in any other way I can. We'll just admit that. And um, you can always go to fearlessagent.com and uh, watch the webinar. You watched the webinar recently. Yes, I did. She's a recent webinar attendee. And then you can go to our video training page and uh, you can go to fearlessagent.tv and subscribe to the videos and, uh, and then this podcast. But uh, So there's lots of ways we can help you for free. So go to fearlessagent.com. And um, so what was your question again? Um, well, one thing that um, was, I found really successful in Las Vegas, um, and I wanted your thoughts on this, um, holding an open house um, – and making a big deal out of it, making it like a super open house, um, priced yeah. low, and then tell the people that we're not taking offers until the following week. So it just builds in anticipation. Well, here's, the, here's what I would do instead of that. Fearless agents don't do that. Okay. Um, you don't want to set up any barriers between uh, – you don't want to have artificial time limits. So the fearless agents never do uh, – will be accepting offers at a certain time. Uh, and that really is more of a scam – for the listing agent to find their own buyer for that listing. Uh, that really is what that's about. So that is to the detriment. I think that should be illegal, honestly, because of the, it hurts the seller. And um, 
But the, the way to go is never make people stand in line to hand you money is the first reason, of, right. first uh, rule of business. So if somebody has an offer, you have to present that offer immediately. That's, right. That's the law. Not, whether verbal or not. Right. I think it was more it. like they would be making a decision with the Well, offers. I can prove that's a load of crap. Would you like yeah. me to? No, I believe you. How much was the house? Um, I think this was like three twenty-five. If I if I said I'll pay you ten million cash and you have to make your decision in one minute, would they? Yes. Well, that's proof it's a load of crap right there. That's the load of crap detector. So, um, uh, and then the other thing is highest and best. Oh, that's those right. are horrible ideas. Oh my gosh, so, I've been stuck in one of those, and it's so hard to trust the other agent. Here's here's what you want. The in my little narrow-minded view of the world, and it's pretty narrow-minded, as you know. Uh, the buyer who wants to pay the most should get to pay the most, right? Would you agree with I that? I agree, yes. And the seller should have the right to sell it to the buyer who wants to pay the most. Right. And there's only one way to do that, and that's a secret thing that only fearless agents do, but you, it doesn't involve uh, highest and best, which is the opposite of that, or those artificial time right. frames. Uh, none of that would be involved, but uh, – and being nice to the people who are handing you money. Um, and last week we had a, a guest on and she had the deal from hell and uh, very complicated, but it's not just the price. There's other things. There's the earnest money. There's the percentage they're putting down. There's the closing date. There's a lot of different things, but uh, yeah, that's important, doing all those things right. She has a big list of questions. Well, I like that. <laughs> not all of them are relevant. Um, <laughs> Let's do the irrelevant stuff. That's <laughs> okay, fine. cool. Um, I've had a couple nightmare um, buyers. Um, this happened to me. My first uh, the first house I sold, it was a gentleman. He loved the house. Um, he uh, English was his second language for sure. And um, it was his first time buying a house, period. And we're getting through the transaction. What was his first language? Um, Vietnamese. Okay. Okay. And he was a lovely man. There mm-hmm. is a lovely man. Um, so we're about midway through all the paperwork and the transaction, getting closer and closer to close. And he um, reveals that his he's still married. That mm-hmm. his soon-to-be ex-wife, um, her soon-to-be husband, the boyfriend, wouldn't let her ta- him talk to her. So we couldn't get the quit claim deed. Mm. It was really messy. We it turned into the Olympics, but <laughs> I have no answer for that. But it's a fun story. It's just good to get, I guess. Kind of like the stalker. She's a problem magnet. This <laughs> no, yes, exactly. <laughs> drama, drama. Um, yeah, I guess asking all sorts of questions up front could really eliminate that. Yes, but if English is their second language, that does make that difficult. Yeah, that, a lot of yeses. And you no wouldn't reason. think to – there's a lot of questions you wouldn't think to ask. Um, so sometimes that's the, called uh, stuff happens. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Be hard to head that off of the pass. Um, let's do one more well, – let's see. What time do we start? Oh, no. We got time. So another question – oh, um, Another nightmare. Oh, good. We, it's just one nightmare after well, another. I'm, I'm picking the fun ones. Yeah. Um, so, oh, this is actually interesting. I can't think of the guy's name. Oh, uh, Liberace. Liberace owned a bunch of properties. <laughs> I'm serious. In Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> Easy name to forget. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> All right. of my clients. I can't remember the guy, but he had a very glittery jacket. <laughs> um, 
Well, he had owned a bunch of uh, properties, and this woman was so excited. She was selling her house. Um, she it, and Liberace actually was on the title, like you, you know, five or six up. It was just a little junky. And he's it. dead. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. So the recently assumed room temperature Liberace. Right, um, but her house was. The, just full of clutter, like a hoarder almost, not quite. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the challenge was getting her to declutter and make this ha- – You know, I was using the Liberace thing as kind of just to pull people in. What is a good way – Here's Bob's yeah. rule of thumb. Okay. It would be much easier for me to get her to lower the price by $100,000 than it would be to get her to declutter that house. People are not going to change how they live. So the the goal is to get them to do what I want them to do. And what I want them to do, uh, you know, there's a guy that I coach. His name is Alex Watson. He's been on the show. But uh, he had a uh, full tilt hoarder. And uh, so the price was uh, – it was 700000 Let me get this. Let me get this right. It was seven hundred, eight hundred thousand, and uh, this was, you know, a reality TV show hoarder. And then the guy was break even at seven. It was like uh, at seven hundred thousand, he would break even. So uh, we're not going to get the guy. And he was in foreclosure. He was losing the house in two weeks. I believe he had two weeks to go before they were going to take the sheriff was going to pull him out of the house. So. He ended up underpricing it enough to get a whole bunch of offers. And I said to Alex, I said, you have to sell it cash. You cannot get a loan because there's no time. You have to sell it with no home inspection because there's no time. They have to buy it as is and they have to clean up the hoard oh and take take the, the stuff. And uh, they closed escrow in time, cash as is, no home inspection, and the seller got $100,000 over fair market value that they were not expecting. So it literally saved their life. So pricing it um, is not the secret because you could accidentally underprice a house by $100,000 and still sell it way too cheap. So what we teach you how to do is not really negotiate, but bid those offers up so that you get the seller get he got way more, you know, a hundred grand over fair market value, which in that price range is a lot. Um, yeah. So the law of supply and demand will never let you down is the moral of that story. I'd like to see that hoard. <laughs> um, hey, here's another problem. Hey. Um, what is the best way? So I've got a buyer. I've got a, a, a seller. and um, Currently? No. <laughs> this is just – this happened. Yeah. So how do you time it right when a buy – you know, if someone – the seller is going to buy another house and the buyer is moving in, selling their house. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's an overlap. Sometimes there's a stretch. they got to be out of a house or there's an overlap. I mean we can do a rent back sometimes. You can do that. You know, here, that's, a, that's a common uh, – situation that turns nice, normal people into Steven Spielberg-like creatures <laughs> when there's the delay. So uh, I will tell you what I will always do from now on. When I sold my house, I moved out of my house and rented. So I got all my crap out of my house, rented, and then um, put my house on the market, 
I listed it with a realtor. I paid 7%. So I take my own medicine, in other words. And then uh, sold my house for way more than it was worth. The buyer was a realtor. She grossly overpaid. She was happy that she did. And then I had the cash now in my hand. Now I can go shopping and be picky because I've got the cash. I don't have to buy it because, you know, I got to sell my house or some kind of crap like that. So uh, I had time to go looking and be picky. I found the perfect house. I had the cash. I grossly overpaid for the house I'm living in now. And I'm happy that I don't have some other guy living in my house and I'm not explaining to my wife why we're not living in her favorite house five years later. Um, so I would always recommend the double move. That's the only way to go. Um, and if you're not going to do it that way, always list your house first. Right. Then uh, get it under contract. Then go looking. Because when you're the seller, you know, I would say the listing agent is God and the buyer agent is the zit on the gnat's butt of real estate. <laughs> so if I have multiple offers on my listing and one of them is yours, you will know I am God. There will be no doubt. You will be sucking up to me full time. So you, you would have to do whatever I made you do. So one thing you can do is extend the closing of escrow okay. with more money. So you could say to the buyer, you have to be flexible about when you move in. I could close and rent my own house back, uh, which would probably be the easy way to do that. You could um, – I'm not a fan of people – prepossessing a house they don't own. That would be out Dangerous. of the question in almost every case. Although um, it's no different than leasing with an option to buy or something like that. So it's not completely out of the question. But there's ways to – money fixes everything. The, my, my rule of thumb is there are no problems in real estate that large amounts of non-refundable earnest money will not fix. <laughs> and that, you know one of the mistakes that people make in fact, last week on the show, uh, we had the deal from hell story. But the mistake they made was they sold it too quickly to somebody who didn't have enough money down. So my rule of thumb is if you don't have 40 percent to put down, you're not going to buy my house. So if you're some FHA, VA person, uh, you're not going to buy my house if, it's, if I'm the seller, knowing what I know. So the person who's paying cash – can grossly overpay, and they, they do, because they can. There's no appraisal limiting them. Um, so that I would be picky about the buyer, and then they also have enough money that they can be flexible. You know, they have other options. So it's that broke buyer that's the one that's panicky. If I don't get the timing just right, everything's going to be a disaster. And it's optional not to do business with those broke buyers. Yeah, sometimes we'll walk away. Yeah. yeah, that's another question I have too is um, – You should be more picky on your stalkers too. <laughs> well, I picked a good <laughs> Don't one. Don't get the slow boy. <laughs> he was committed. It was the longest relationship I ever Sunny had. He was from Sunny Slope for those of you who are in Phoenix. He's from the slope. <laughs> I never felt oh, so important in my life. Um, <laughs> Did you hear about the tornado they had in Sunny Slope the other day? No. Did $3 million worth of improvements. <laughs> Ramon, did you hear about that? I did. <laughs> we don't always do the weather on the show, do we? <laughs> Just now and We've got to start doing it more often. We really need to do the weather more. Right. Um, oh, I guess I, I would probably have questions. to become a fearless agent to know of the course. secret. 
is um, what will make me stand out from the competition. Ah, well, that's easy. So uh, what we teach is a little thing called message discipline. Okay. So I'll, I'm going to use an example. Donald Trump, he's the president. In case you didn't notice, you hardly ever hear his name. <laughs> Do you think he has message discipline? Uh, I'd say no. Right. <laughs> yeah. Whether you like him, you're a big fan, his biggest fans would say the guy says one thing one day and another thing the next day. So if you think he's doing everything right – you would at least admit he's saying everything wrong. Right. And he needs to hire me. <laughs> so I do a little thing with my wife. I uh, play the news conference where the person, the news people are asking him questions. So I have the clicker. Uh, Ramon, do you have a clicker at the house? It's the secret to a happy marriage. A clicker? Yeah, because when your wife is complaining, oh, wait a minute. You're talking about you the can remote fake def- the remote control. I'm sorry. Clicker. I was born a little bit later than you. We You'd call them remote walk. controls, not I'd clickers. Have the, I used to have to walk to the TV and go clunk, 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 <laughs> uphill both ways to school I, through the snow. <laughs> so the, the reporter asks a question and then I hit the pause button and then I give the answer that he's supposed to give. And the answer is no. Next question. But then I unpause it. He rambles on for 15 minutes and says the same answer three (laughs) times, three different ways. So you got to have message discipline. So one of the things you you only care about what the seller cares about. There's an old saying that people don't care what you care about till you care about what they care about and caring about what they care about is what caring about is all about. Did you write that down? I don't care. Yeah. So he's (laughs) apathetic. That's the other secret to success in life. But – what they care about, if they're a seller, is only this. It is selling their house for more than it's worth in, the, in a time frame that's reasonable to them. So instead of talking about all the other baloney that realtors talk about, like the drone flyover video and the marketing and the this and the that, <laughs> and you got to declutter your house and depersonalize it. Don't have pictures of this and all that crazy, stupid, idiotic stuff. You say, let me ask you this. If I have an amazing strategy, and I do, and no other agent has it, and I already know you know they don't, and it would 1,000% guarantee you that the buyer would grossly overpay for your house and they'd be happy that they did, and you would end up with tens of thousands of extra dollars more than your house is worth net after all the expenses are paid tens of thousands of dollars more than any other agent could get you would that help your cause um that's amazing so you're not allergic to money no okay so it's fair to say then what you would like to avoid is what all the other agents do and i know you know what they do what they do is they care about fairness to the buyer they only care about the buyer If you go to their website, it says search for homes. It's all about the buyer, right? And uh, that's how you end up losing even more tens of thousands of dollars just the way your neighbors did, I happen to know. They sold their houses way too cheap. So is it fair to say that's what you would like to avoid? Right. Yes, definitely. So you're not going to be offended when I hand you tens of thousands of dollars more than your house is worth. No, I'd take that for sure. Okay. (laughs) So with that in mind, when is the soonest you would open up your hand, allow me to plunk the tens of thousands of extra dollars into it, and that would coincide with moving day probably? 
and that's message discipline, fearless agent style. We only talk about what the seller cares about. We're not going to talk about how we do it. We're going to talk about what we do. So most agents sell the the seller really on the idea of they need an agent. We would sell them on you need me because I do this thing, this magic trick no one else can do. And then we deliver on that promise. We can make that happen. So – which isn't hard. So it's just – and then then if it's the buyer, what the buyer wants – is the best house of all the houses that are available to them with the amount of money they got. And then the uh, investor wants the highest rate of return. So don't talk about other things and then book the appointment. Then you give one of five presentations. So it's listing, pricing, FISBO, buyer, or investor, or contract presentation. And uh, and then it's about putting in enough hours on the phone, saying the right those words, the right words on the phone to book enough appointments. So for you, uh, my goal for you is that you book five listing appointments a week, which is only one a day, and that we would admit that probably two would cancel, and then you'd go on three, and you'd get at least one of the three at 7% and keep four. That sounds like a, a good plan for sure. And that's how you make $400,000 gross and $200,000 net in your average price range if it turns out to be three hundred. Well, I take it for sure. Allison, we're going to plug you. Are you ready? Yes, please. For those of you who want to hear more about her weirdo stalker stories while she's driving you around and showing you houses <laughs> – very entertaining. I've got more stories too. Yeah, and I got some that she didn't want me to tell you, so you could call me on the side. But uh, you can, they can call you toll free day or night at four eight zero four 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 six zero seven eight. Is that correct? Yes. Now, did you have fun on the big podcast here? Yes, this is fun. Now we're going to pre-record another one. You have to sit through that too. Is that going to be? All right, uh... I'll, I'll change my voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So once again, we want to thank all of you for joining us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. You can always call me directly at 480-385-8810. That is my cell phone. I will answer it. And uh, please do give us a five-star review of this podcast on uh, iTunes or Spotify or wherever you happen to see it. And until next week, we always do what all fearless agents do. We have fun because it's a faint fun. We're not doing it. And then after you have all these newfound skills that make you better than everybody, stay humble. Always be humble. But above all, be fearless. Bye, gang. Bye.